you want your child to be a part of the solution, right? Mm-hmm. Children okay. are no, they're notorious about blaming themselves for everything. And one of the saddest, you know, states of minds of a child, and it's so easy for them to get there is what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I'm always the one yelling. I'm this, I'm that, right? And so we want to break that pattern and we want to invite them in to this conversation about themselves, but we're kind of steering the boat, if that makes sense. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and the persistent encourager. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own and I wished we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. And I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and to provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. One of the goals of this podcast is to provide resources for you on your adoption journey. On a regular basis, I share with you biblical mindset support, but I realize there are other resources that you need, resources that I don't necessarily have the expertise to speak about. On today's show is my friend Eric Nelson. I'll share more about Eric in a moment. Eric is going to share and demonstrate a valuable script adoptive parents can use to better communicate with your children. This is an episode where you're going to want to take notes. As is the case with anyone that I bring on the show to talk to you, this information is for educational purposes only. I encourage you to do your due diligence, to listen to the information, check out the resources, and use what you can in your adoption journey to parent your child the best way you can. Hi, neighbor. I have a special guest that I am excited to bring to you today. He is my friend, Eric Nelson, uh, my neighbor from Alabama. I want to give a little brief background as to how we connected a few years ago. Mr. Nelson, as my son Johnny knows him, was the assistant program director in training and the training and development director at the residential treatment facility that my son Johnny was at for six months. And it was during that time that uh, we became acquainted with Mr. Nelson. And it was uh, specifically during our visits when we, my wife and I would uh, visit our son. Prior to that, we would go into what was called parent day and, and do some parent training. Mr. Nelson was one of the individuals who played a key role and Johnny's successful completion and graduation from residential treatment. We were complete strangers when this process began, but we have since become friends. 
And even to this day, he has been a person I can can talk to when I need someone to bounce ideas off of. He he knows the the heart of these adoptive kids, and he has a special uh, place in our heart because of what he has done for our son. And I'm just so excited to bring him on here. So he and there's a topic we'll get to in a moment that he wants to address with us. But Eric, so, thank you so much for joining me. And as I asked uh, our good friend Jane Baker, do you roll tide or you, do you war eagle? Well, I am a roll tide, uh, and there's really nothing else beyond that. So how about that? Uh, I get <laughs> it. I get it. I know people have their allegiances, and I have friends uh, going both ways. But um, and I'm good either way. I'm good either way. <laughs> no, it, it's it's all good. We're, we're all friends. Yes. Uh, the thing we wanted to discuss today, and as I mentioned uh, briefly, is that when my wife and I would visit Johnny, uh, before we could see him, and this I thought was a really good way to organize those visits, all of the parents who were there would participate in some special training. And it lasted, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour it was you and one of the other staff members who would share with us some different ways and share with us some different tools that we could use when we got home with our our child. Because up until that point, we didn't understand some of the challenges that we were facing. I mean, hence, that's why we were, our child found himself in residential treatment. We were at a point in our life where we needed some drastic help and it was through people like you helping us understand the uh, challenges of adoption uh, adoption trauma specifically and one of the things i remember and you want to talk about this today our topic is de-escalation by means of empowerment and i really want to encourage adoptive parents to listen closely to this to take notes because you're going to explain what this is and show us how we can use this particular tool to really help navigate some of the more stressful challenges that adoptive parenting and the relationship we have with our adopted kids. So can you explain that? And we'll just get into this discussion and and do some back and forth with it. Absolutely. And hey, thank you so much, Tim. Y'all, this entire family and Johnny means so much to me and and many of our colleagues. So, uh, but just, I appreciate the kind words. Um, So first things first is anything that I teach or train or talk about, it's not an attack on parenting or parenting style or anything like that. I always want to put that out there. Being a parent is hard enough. Being an adopted parent is quite the challenge and it can be. And, and, and so, when a resident came to the program, one of the biggest issues uh, was communication or lack of communication between child and parent. Um, there was a breakdown, uh, gotten to the point to where, you know, um, well, everyone's just having a hard time communicating and connecting. And so, and I also don't want to sit here. Uh, and I, like I have all of my stuff together as a parent, uh, you know, it's hard. It's so hard, mm-hmm. and especially when the emotion and the love and gets in the way. You know, I, I'm really, really 
good at working with other people's children. I hope that lands well with folks, but uh, because there's an emotional cutoff, right? But I, my youngest is eight. My oldest is 21. And so uh, I still work on this every day uh, in terms of how to communicate and not let the emotion, our own emotion get in the way. That makes sense because I know you almost have to compartmentalize or set yourself apart in some way to the situation and not, well, one of the things we discovered was the things that he was experiencing with his adoption trauma and the hole in his heart that uh, we were told was not to take these things personally because it wasn't right. a, a reflection of, of his love or lack of love for us or our love for him. He would treat anyone like this if regardless. So it wasn't us. This was him and his frustration with feelings that he really hadn't hadn't addressed yet. And I know he was beginning to understand those feelings that he couldn't put words to because this this went all the way back to, to before his birth, things that were happening right. to him in the womb. And so when you say, you know, keep the emotion out, we had to that was hard because we had to realize this is something that has been in his heart his whole life. And no reflection upon us as parents, but boy, it feels personal. It really feels personal. So how how do we do that then? Right. Wow, that's a great question. Um, so the first thing we have to do as parents, and the first thing uh, I think it's just vital is we have to have you have to have a high level of self awareness, right? Um, we parent the way that we were parented, and so whatever that looks like. For each of us, it's vital to kind of go back and revisit those things and revisit how do you parent? What are some of your tendencies? Do you get elevated quickly yourself? Or are there certain topics and subjects that that uh, maybe, you know, heighten your emotions? You know, so there's a lot of uh, self-awareness that's involved with parents, right? We're, we're, we're mm-hmm. not perfect. And Man, Tim, the worst thing that we could do is to to think that we have to put ourselves out there as parents and that we are perfect to our children, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we're not. We're not. And there's so much value in communicating and to, to our kids that, look, I'm, you know, I'm going to mess up just like you probably five times today. But you know what? We're going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out what can I do a little bit better. So there's so much value in in leadership from a standpoint and mentoring, even as parents, right? So we model that behavior. So I, I always want to put that out there uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Well, what you just said, when you, the self-awareness of how we were parented, we realized early on that the things that worked for us weren't working for him. Right. And, you know, we came from, well, both my wife and I came from very stable families. You know, our, our parents, some have passed already, but they were married 50, 60 in 60 years. So we had stability in that and we were parented a certain way and it worked with us. But what we found out, and I'm, I can only speak from an adoptive parent perspective, but I found that having 
a child that's not biologically mine, that some of the tendencies I may or may not have and some of the things that worked for me as a a child and how I was parented, they just didn't translate. And so we were oh, going, gosh. we had to say, okay, how do we flip the script? How do we, how do we go, come about this in a different way? Because we thought these things would work, but then they weren't. And that's why right. these parent day visits, we go, wow, we've got to really address this and come at this from a different approach. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and like, I don't mind, I've always, I'm, I'm pretty open, uh, I'm pretty transparent uh, as, you know, as a person, as a parent, as a father, friend, um, just things that I've learned in my journey. You know, I was parented by, you know, my father was was killed when I was young. And so I was parented by a strong, strong single mom. And she overcorrected my mother, everything. She was going to be bigger than you. Right. She was a fighter. She was tough. She had to. She grew up mm-hmm. on a farm. They had to fight and grind for everything that they had. And so here she was as a single mom and a, and a two-year-old child. And so that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. But in terms of parenting, it was her way or the highway. It was, you're going to do this or it's, I'm going to be bigger than you. That's all I knew um, mm-hmm. growing up through sports. It helped with sports. <laughs> I was a pretty, pretty tough guy. And, uh, but, you know, coming into parenting, I noticed early on that there I was, you know, I'm going to be bigger than you, whether it be my child or, or whatnot. And that was a huge, huge, huge revelation for me because that just cuts the communication off, you know, automatically, you know, mm-hmm. like my kids couldn't communicate with me because, you know, my response was, you know, no, be quiet. Don't ask again. And so with that said, it just takes a lot uh, as a parent to be able to to know what your weaknesses are um, in terms of communicating or in terms of parenting with your child. And um, it, it just has to be addressed first because... You have to be able to, like you said, turn the switch off from the emotional side when interacting with a child that is escalated. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I know, and I think this would apply to adoptive or biological children. Our kids know our buttons. And I know my sister who, (laughs) who has biological children herself, she said they could always sense when mom was tired. Because that's when they came in for the kill. I mean, and, and, and I'm speaking, uh, I'm exaggerating, but they knew when she was tired. And oh, so, yeah. you know, that's with any kid. But what you're saying here, I'm thinking about my father and I know my, my wife's father were both, both very strong individuals. Right. Uh, my dad could look at me and that was all it took. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and... and that may or may not work. And in our case, uh, it didn't necessarily work. And yeah, you, you, sure. you got to figure out. Oh, so when you're having a, a situation that's starting to escalate and, you know, I would go, OK, well, dad would have done this and it worked for me. Why is it not working for him for my <laughs> for Johnny? Yes. OK, what do we do? What What are some things that we can do? Because we, we're kind of uh, flying in the dark now and we're going, oh, no. 
but you have some really good tips with this that you can share with us to help us understand, because I know I'm not the only one who has times because I know I, I listened in parent day. There were other parents that had the same challenges and there's some common things that all of us can do to help deescalate things when they're starting to get out of control. Absolutely. And there's, we, there's actually a script. I mean, I teach a script and the reason I teach a script is because that takes me that takes you the parent out of uh, the emotional reaction that you're fighting yourself you know Mm -hmm. Um, and so the first things first is so let's picture you have an you have a child that's angry frustrated escalated the behaviors maybe there's yelling whatever the negative behavior is let's say yelling you have a you know you have a script Uh, that takes you out of the emotional side of things as a parent. And the first thing that you need to do is identify behavior of the child. So if we can picture uh, a scenario, let's say that a child is angry and one of their normal negative behaviors is maybe yelling or throwing things across the room, you know, you can input whatever negative behavior it is. But let's say uh, it's throwing something across the room. So the first thing that needs to be done is to recognize the behavior. And so if you don't mind, I'll just use Johnny Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, as a role play. But the first thing is, hey, Johnny, you're throwing things across the room. And, you know, I see that you're yelling and you're clenching your fists. Are you angry? And so that first sentence right there, one, we, we're recognizing a behavior. We're not saying, what are you doing? Or definitely not going with the, what is wrong with you? Uh, but mm-hmm. you're, you're identifying. Yeah, that was a big one for me. Oh, um, yeah. I'm What's off. wrong with you? What, right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but, and also the worst question ever to ask your kid is why? Oh, <laughs> you, yeah. You may, you may not want that answer, right, Tim? Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I see you, you know, you've identified the behavior, man. And so automatically it starts shutting down the brain, the emotional side of the brain. Shutting down is probably the wrong word, but slowing down because now a question has been asked and we're going to have to give an answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, let, let me ask you this, because uh, that question is not uh, asked with the same temperature of behavior that the child is exhibiting, because you ask that in as calm a manner as you can, correct? Oh, that's absolutely I, just the way I said it, you know, and, and look, y'all, that's the hard part. And it takes practice. OK, uh, but it's just even things are flying across the room or whatever it is, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, be safe, but hey, Johnny, wow, you know, I, you're yelling and you're throwing things across the room and your face is red. Are you angry? I know that that may sound silly to some folks, and you're going, you're thinking, well, yeah, my kid's going to look at me and go, of course I'm angry, you <laughs> idiot. Uh, but, um, but you got to trust me uh, because what we just did is we identified a behavior. But then we transitioned to talking about 
an emotion or a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And so at that point, you know, we're looking for a response. Well, yeah, I'm angry. What do you think? And no matter what they say, it doesn't matter. Well, that's a stupid question. Of course I'm angry. Whatever is said, you respond with, I can see that you're angry. And so please don't miss the importance and the value of that second sentence there, because you are acknowledging a feeling. You're acknowledging um, what your child is going through, right? And and now we're just bringing things down further and further and further. We're trying to get from the amygdala, right? Like I said, to that prefrontal cortex, where we're not thinking emotionally, we're thinking more logically. So those first two sentences, I see you throwing things across the room and yelling. Are you angry? Are you frustrated? All I want to do is I want to get an affirmative answer from them about a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And then I want to follow up with, I see that you're angry. And so we validated their feelings. And that is so powerful uh, for, for kids. I think you'll agree. Yes. They don't want to be dismissed. And no, they, well, even though you're correcting, you're correcting in a way that I guess is inviting participation on their part for the correction. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. You know, that's the whole point. We, you want your child to be a part of the solution, right? Mm-hmm. Children, okay. are no, they're notorious about blaming themselves for everything. And one of the saddest, you know, states of minds of a child, and it's so easy for them to get there, is what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I'm always the one yelling. I'm this. I'm that. Right. And so we want to break that pattern and we want to invite them in to this conversation about themselves, but we're kind of steering the boat, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yep. so we're teaching them tools, right? right? As you go, we're teaching them tools. And so the fir- the second sentence there, I can see you're angry and really mean it. Look at, look at them in their eyes. You know, um, I don't know if you need to play a character in your mind, seriously, at first, but think about times that, you know, look at your child, think about times that you were, so angry or frustrated, you could just cry or you could just, uh, you know, grit your teeth so hard that you thought you were going to chip a tooth, you know? So have mm-hmm. that empathy because that will come out in your words and that will come out in your face. Obviously, as parents, you know, that's that's where we are anyway. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, you want what's best for your child. It's it's just in the heat of the moment, you've got to I'll use a word that maybe sounds weird, but you almost have to divorce yourself from the situation and come at this impartially. And that's not easy to do. Absolutely. It's not easy. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm really, really good at working with your child. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just like everyone (laughs) else. I'm just like everyone else when working, you know, with my own child. So I get it. I get it. So the next, you know, so, We have validated, I see that you're angry. And so now we're just going to ask a simple question. What are you angry about? And so now, again, your child is having to think. Now, look, I get it. This may be, y'all have already, there may be already a 20 minute knockdown drag out, right? And you, you know what they're angry about. During this little script, during this little, you know, time, act a little dumb. 
Um, but what are you angry about? Mm-hmm. And that's going to give them time to answer that question. And so, if, you know, let's say that uh, Johnny is angry. You know, I can see you're angry. Okay. What are you angry about? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm angry about? You wouldn't let me go over to my friend's house. And so then I'm just going to come back with, again, I'm going to validate that feeling. So what I'm hearing you say, Johnny, is you're mad because you aren't getting a chance to go over to your friend's house and hang out. So now we've isolated what's caused the feeling and the emotion. And so we're going to get a, you know, obviously a yes or an affirmation of, of and go from there. Uh, so just those first four sentences and I'm, you know, I don't want to be the dead horse here, but I want to just kind of go back. So the first one, Hey, Johnny, I see that you're throwing things across the room. You're yelling. What's going on? Are you are you angry? Well, yeah, I'm angry. I can see that you're angry. What are you angry about? Well, I'm I'm mad because you you won't let me go over to Tim's house. And you said I could go to Tim's house and now you won't let me go. Whatever. Naturally, your child is going to may start trying to, you know, keep escalating a little bit. Just listen. Just let them talk. And so whatever that finishes, I, you, I wanted to go to Tim's house. You won't let me go to Tim's house. And then the next question is, is what do you want? Now, that may sound silly because Johnny just said, I want to go to Tim's house. And, but this is so important. It's what do you want? And they, well, I want to go to Tim's house. You know, I just I just said that. <laughs> but we're we're kind of bringing them back into where we're having this logical conversation because here is where it gets super, super, super powerful in my opinion. So what do you want? Well, I want to go to Tim's house. I just said that. And so then the next question is, is what have you tried? Right? So now we have now brought your child. You've brought your child to the front of the brain And now we're thinking, we're not being emotional. We're thinking this through, right? Mm -hmm. So what have you tried? You want to go to Tim's house. What do you want? I want to go to Tim's house. What have you tried? And then let them answer. This is like, y'all, being a parent a lot of times is like being a salesperson. First Mm -hmm. one that talks loses. And so um, if you're a talker like me, that's tough. But um, it's what have you tried? Uh, I don't know. All right, let's think this through. You want to go to Tim's. I hear you. In order to go to Tim's, what have you tried? Well, I just haven't tried anything. Okay. What else? Well, I got mad and I was yelling. Okay. Yeah. And then, so whatever, just go down the list. And then the good old Dr. Phil question is, how did that work for you? But it's so important, right? So what have you mm-hmm. tried? I don't know. I didn't try anything. Or I don't know. You know, I got mad and I was yelling. And well, how'd that work? And then you've got to, the, the important part as a parent here, you just got to stay even keeled and calm and and let them know that, look, we're, we're trying to figure this out together, right? It's not that relationship, that parent-child relationship of maybe just straight authority, right mm-hmm. or discipline or disappointment we're trying to figure this out together because man i want you to go to tim's <laughs> you know i really want you to go to tim's but boy we got to figure this thing out 
in order for you to get what you want, you gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do what you have to do, right? So I'll back up a little bit there. What have you tried? You know, I've done this, I've done that. How'd that work? We're looking for an answer of obviously it didn't work. And you may have to just kind of keep going with it, but how'd that work? Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work. I'm still at the house, aren't I? Or I'm still stuck here or, you know, whatever that answer is. So then at that point, we've got them to confirm to us that what they've done so far is not working. They're also then obviously telling themselves, man, you know, whether they know it or not, their brain's like, look, what I'm doing right now is not getting me what I want. So the next question after how did that work for you? And you get that answer is, what are you willing to do? Right. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do? You want to go to Tim's. What are you willing to do to make that happen? And then let them, there's no bad option. There's bad options, but don't recognize them all. So even if let's say Johnny goes, well, I could just, I could just walk out that door and start walking. Don't, don't get escalated yourself. Just mm, that's an option. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that option, but it's an option. What else are you willing to do? And then let them, let's keep kind of steering it. Um, I don't know. I guess I could, you wanted me to do some chores before I left. I guess I could do the chores. Hmm. That's an option. That sounds like a good option. What else? Even if, you know, you come to the one like, that's a good one, right? Even if you come, still go ahead, maybe ask one more question. Any other options? Well, I don't know. I guess I could just ask nicely, ask a little more nice or calm down or whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have three options out. I could walk out the door, take off walking. I could complete the chore that you told me I needed to do before I could go anywhere. I could be more polite. Now we're working through this together. We're now a team, meaning you're now a team with your child, right? And we're figuring this out. So how powerful is that instead of force against force or friend against foe? We, we get caught up in that as parents or uh, they get emotional. We get emotional. They get more emotional. We get more emotional. But following this and look, y'all, this takes so much practice and it takes doing it over and over and over again. But now we are finding a solution with our child that they can get what they want. We're now so far past that negative behavior, okay? We're now focused on a solution. And so going back, you know, we had three options. Hey, Johnny, of those three options, which one sounds the best to you? Well, I guess I could uh, clean up my room like you asked me to. And, uh, you know, then maybe I can go and then reaffirm, man, I like that option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get your own personality in there. I mean, I'm a Tim, you know me, I'm a I'm a cut up. I use a lot of humor to break down barriers with. But these are your kids. And so, you know, your kids better than anyone else. And, you know, put yourself into this, you know, uh, like me, for instance, I'd say, you know, well, I guess I could clean my room. Like I, like you asked me to. And, uh, you know, I may, this is me. I'm not, but this is me. I'm, but, hey, I like that option a lot. Yeah. That walking out the door and walking, uh, that's seven miles. I don't, I don't think that was a good one. Or, 
And again, this is just personality, but I don't know if you could have made seven miles. Now, mm-hmm. Sometimes we got to be careful when we're dealing with uh, reactive attachment. The kids is it may sink in their head. Mm, I'll show them anyway. Oh yeah, that's a side. Uh-huh. That's, a side that's a side note. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, just you know, put your personality into it to where it's even more of a of an emotional bonding, if you will, with your child. Does that mm-hmm. all make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I had a couple of questions. I've been writing these things down. And yeah, please. When you were were telling them to come up with options, because I know in in times past when I was parenting uh, situations like this, I would provide three, four options and say, okay, pick one. Right. But you're saying it's it's probably better to to have them come up with the options, uh, correct? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. that they're coming up, they're they're taking ownership of the solution, right? It's no longer well, dad just wants me to do A, B, C, and D. Right. Mm-hmm. I want them. There's gonna be there's so much more ownership and commitment and and we're building self-esteem mm-hmm. bit by bit by bit because they're coming up with the solutions, right? They're mm-hmm. showing the internal power to overcome a fight, flight, freeze, an emotional state of mind to a calm, solution-based mindset, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's, it, that's so powerful for these kids, you know? Right. Well, I guess the other thing I'm thinking is that, well, there's a lot of things going through my head, but I remember, uh, and you probably were told this too, do this because I said so. You know, and that's just like, oh, I mean, there's a there's there are times I believe that's appropriate. Uh, There are times, but more times than not in Scripture, when we think about the perfect father, he'll tell us to do things, but he he usually gives us a reason. Right. And and I'm thinking with this, that is as they start to provide options for you to consider, the parent still has to have veto power. Yes. And that, how do you get, how do you get that point across? Because when they think, okay, I'm giving you these options. What if they, what if they don't give you an option that's really viable? Do you say, keep going? Is that how you do it? Or Yeah, that's a great question. So go through the options. Okay. That's an option. Or, you know, I'm going to throw out, we're just, I'm just throwing out some things I've heard over the years and, um, you know, well, I guess I could just go beat him up. Hmm, okay, that's an option. Or, um, well, I guess I could just go flatten his tires. Hmm, that's an option. I'm not a big fan of that one, but it's definitely an option. And so mm-hmm. we come up to where we don't have these good options. You do need to kind of step in and say, look, I hear you. I can tell that you're angry. And a lot of times when we're angry, golly, we just we just want to react and we want to make things right. And we want to get back at people or whatever it is. But what I'm interested in is you and I coming together and let's see if we can come up with some options uh, that are one going to keep you safe or not unsafe Two, uh, nothing about breaking the law. You know, we're working on finding new solutions, finding better solutions when normally we would want to come up with, um, you know, poor solutions, poor mm-hmm. decisions, poor behaviors. Okay. So it, you do need to steer a little bit there, but it's a delicate, it's a delicate because you don't, you still want to 
give them power and make them feel empowered, but you're just kind of there uh, as a safety net. That's a great, great question. Got it. Got it. This reminds me because, you know, I talk about biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. As I was thinking of how you were going through all these different uh, questions and so forth, it all begins with the soft answer turns away wrath. And so if you start with that, now you've put some, you put some meat on the bones of that, that particular statement and have given us some really good questions and strategies, a script to, to follow that you can start to implement and see how to deescalate these situations. So this is, this is really helpful. I mean, I took notes. I hope that other parents listening to this are taking notes too and practice this. Maybe it's something you practice with your spouse or you practice with another person just to kind of get your chops for this because uh, in the heat of the moment, uh, this almost needs to be something that you can just, well, it's going to take practice. It's going, you need to have some, some idea of where you're going with it. So you've seen this work with your, your the residents and in, in the residential treatment. So I just really appreciate you sharing this information with us because one of the reasons and Johnny omit to it, he he's, he talked about in our journaling episode we have holes in the walls that he things got out of hand and he just punched a hole and uh, but you don't want that you don't want that kind of stuff and so how can you de- de-escalate those situations so i really appreciate you uh, taking your time to share these with us now as we wrap up um, there's something i haven't shared yet with um, the audience but i know that you have a personal mantra that you uh, were talking to, to me about a few years ago, and that has evolved into something pretty cool. So can you, as we wrap up, can you tell people how they can connect with you and, and share a little bit about that that mantra that you you live by? It's really, really cool. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Uh, so several years back, the phrase do life big kind of popped into my head. I actually think it came from a Amy Grace song uh, um, that my kid was listening to. But a couple of years ago, really going through some uh, extensive health medical issues. And um, we just kind of started a movement. Uh, and I just really felt like God was putting in my heart that, you know, we we weren't designed. He didn't design us to live small. You know, when we're out talking about the the kingdom and the glory of God, I mean, he's not looking for people that are, you know, kind of sheepish and stuck in a box and stuck in their comfort zone. We were designed to be bold and to to be bold um, and to, to be to do life big. And so that's turned into the Do Life Big Project, uh, which the Do Life Big Project is geared towards um, teens. My wife and I coach uh, some sports. It's geared toward teens and anyone else, uh, but it's just designed to motivate, inspire, and empower people to go after uh, their dreams and their hopes, to do life big, to stop living small and, and let fear get in the way and get stuck in your comfort zone, but to do uncomfortable things, to get new things in life. And we all have different bigs, right? My big may be to travel the world. Okay. Um, I actually had a um, uh, some friends, it was a couple, but they're big at the time was, was to be more intentional with their time together as a husband and wife, right? So when they're at dinner, they're, 
they're they're having conversation they're reconnecting and so it can it's like goals it's it's a bucket list it's anything you want it to be but it's just challenging folks to challenge your thought process and to not get stuck in life that's that's really cool and i'll, I'll put a link to uh i'll add any links that you have for this in the show notes but i don't know if you realize this but uh when that phrase first came out a few years ago i took a challenge that you initiated and i went live on facebook and you know it's not something that was way out of my comfort zone well that was probably looking back now that was probably the seeds of this podcast because i never intended to be a podcaster Mm. and you know you inspired that that phrase inspired me to get out of my way get out of my comfort zone and actually try something and i I did that video and then I ended up doing some more live videos and thinking, maybe I could do this. And you know, I'm still trying to say, well, maybe I can do this, but I'm glad to connect with you here and connect with that message and encourage other people to to embrace that message too and, and try things and because you never know where it will lead. But I do believe God wants us to do things big. So again, thank you so much for being on here and and sharing your expertise with uh, these adopted parents, because I think these these tools can really help us to to parent in the, these children that we're we're so in love with, but we at times don't know what to do for them. So having tools like this can really help. So again, thank you so much, Eric, for being with us today. Thank you, Tim, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, that means the world to me in terms of uh, in terms of your journey. So. Um, I just appreciate you as a friend and um, I wish you all the best with, with your podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate neighbors like Eric. They are true anchors of encouragement for adoptive parents like myself. This script that he shared with us today is a perfect example of a tool that we can use now to deescalate situations in our families by actually empowering our children. I would like to encourage you to listen to this episode again, to practice some of the role-playing that Eric suggested. The goal, as he stated, is to build a team with your child, a team that can come to some kind of peaceful resolution to conflict. I believe if we do that, it will not only result in peaceful families, but it will also strengthen our relationships. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you for joining me. If you know of other adoptive parents, please share the show with them. It's my hope that this information can reach as many people as possible. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.